And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you all are having a wonderful Tuesday. I just got off a conference call with Hans Van Spakovsky, who is a, an expert at the Heritage Foundation on election integrity. And uh, he showed me some very, showed the, the entire group some very interesting things uh, that are going on right now and uh, talked a little bit about election integrity and uh, reassured us that we are on the right track, that there are states that are passing laws, about half of the states have laws now, uh, outlawing ballot harvesting. He calls it ballot trafficking. He said, because that's really what it is. It's really the business of manufacturing ballots. And by the way, you've heard all this stuff about, oh, there's no widespread fraud. That's stuff that they've just made up. That's just Republicans. He said they have on their website, Heritage, I think it's heritage.org slash election. Start there. You'll get to it. And they said they have over a thousand documented cases of election fraud. Over a thousand. Does that sound like election fraud doesn't exist? Does that sound, does that sound like there's no widespread election fraud? In fact, I told him I've said this in many places where I've spoken. I talk about you all when I speak now, you know. I talk about things that you all call me and say. You all find your way into my speeches. You're not surprised to hear that, are you? I hope you're not. I don't call you out by name. Not like my wife. My wife often says to me, why are you always mentioning me in your sermons? <laughs> well, how can, I, how can I help it? <laughs> You're the most important person in my life aside from the Lord, so how can I help not talking about you in my sermons? Well, I talk about you all in my sermons too or in my speeches uh, about things that you all say. And one of the things I've pointed out is I say, you know, my audience asks me pretty frequently about election integrity about whether they're going to steal it. And I keep reassuring people, we've got to vote. We've got to get active in the process. We've got to be monitoring the voting process. And, and frankly, he agreed with me. He said, yeah, the worst thing in the world we can do is just walk away and abdicate because we think they're going to cheat. Yeah, I think they'll try to cheat. They've got over a thousand cases proving it. But we don't have to allow them to do it. We don't have to walk away and just assume, well, they're going to do it anyway. No, they're not going to do it anyway if we keep our eye on them and we stop them when we see it happening. You know, see something, say something. Isn't that what we've been hearing? If you see something, say something. Yeah, well, the same, same is true with election integrity. And so yeah, he was talking about the fact that the, 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 the two... Really, aside from suppressing the Hunter Biden story, which had a major impact on the polls, he said the, the other two things that really ought to be outlawed is this ballot trafficking, having candidates, having political operatives picking up ballots from people. That's a formula for not only fraud, but for threats and intimidation. Did you vote the way we want you to vote? You know, I grew up in Chester, Pennsylvania, and when I was a kid, I remember hearing adults talk about the fact, and in this case, frankly, folks, it was the Republican machine in Delaware County, Pennsylvania. Some of you who may come from that area or know what I'm talking about will, will attest to this. They would go pay people to vote the way they wanted them to pay. Go pay people to vote them the way they wanted them to vote. And they would give away liquor and, you know, it, whatever. It's, it's really corrupt machine politics. And, and the Democrats, it was very unusual, I think. I've never heard, and not that this hasn't happened, obviously, but that was, the, that was the way politics operated in Delaware County in Chester, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And then, of course, the Democrats ultimately took over, and they did, the, they did exactly the same thing. Well, this whole balloting, uh, ballot harvesting is just, that's just, that's not, nothing but ma corrupt machine politics. That's all that is. And it shouldn't be allowed because with absentee voting, people can get 
to uh, they can get their vote in without any problem. They don't need some political operative knocking on their door, asking them how they voted and wanting to collect their ballot and, and maybe making up ballots along the way. Uh, the other thing he talked about, well, I said two things. I really should have said three things. So it's the ballot harvesting, the drop boxes, that these things are nothing, that they, they are nothing but hotbeds of corruption. And, you know, the, the left has argued that if you don't have drop boxes, you're discriminating, you're racist. But we've never had drop boxes in the history of elections. We didn't have drop boxes until COVID, which is, again, the left used COVID as a way to implement their corrupt practices. And that was another one of them. And that's what Dinesh, Dinesh D'Souza's 2000 Mules is all about, seeing these multiple visits by the same person to these drop boxes in the middle of the night. Now, something's wrong with that picture. That's a way in which literally millions of ballots could have been manufactured all across the country. So here's another corrupt thing that happened that helped steal the election. And then, of course, the third thing is what's been now uh, referred to as Zuckbucks. Mark Zuckerberg spending a half a billion dollars, primarily in urban communities, to get the vote turnout that they were looking for, by hook or by crook, mainly by crook, because he dedicated a half billion dollars to Donald Trump. Now, see, in, in my view, Mark Zuckerberg needs to be investigated. That whole process needs to be invest investigated because it's never happened in the history of election uh, in, in, in the history of electioneering in the United States. And here's their defense. Well, it wasn't illegal. Well, it should have been. It should have been. A partisan should not be able to go into election uh, uh, apparat the election apparatus of a county, a city, a state, and put down money buying those election officials and buying that process for partisan purposes. That should never be permitted. But they got away with it. Mark Zuckerberg's caught a lot of heat for it. I think he ought, I think the whole thing ought to be investigated anyway. And, and maybe maybe this maybe it's true. No criminality there. But but frankly, <laughs> I, I think that needs to be looked at very very carefully. I don't think anybody has yet. You know, because if you can prove that there was fraud going on and that he was involved in a conspiracy to steal the election by by doing things that are, are illegal. Maybe not, maybe not the giving of the money itself, but maybe the process that they then engaged in with that money was illegal. Then Mark Zuckerberg can be moved from his island or his mansion or wherever he lives into a nice six by nine foot cell. And I don't ever wish these things on anybody, folks. But when you when you start messing with the stability of our country and you're engaged in illegal activity to undermine the stability of our country, and when you undermine elections, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you ought to go to jail. You ought to go to jail. And I don't have any compunctions about saying that whatsoever. So at any rate, uh, that's, but, but look, here's the bottom line for this. We've got to vote. We've got to be engaged. We've got to be active. We've got to watch these rascals because they're crooks and they're cheaters and they'll do anything to get and keep power. And we're going to stop them in the name of Jesus. So just wanted to, to, to get that out there and uh, let you know that we, we're going to continue to talk about that as we get closer to the election. We've got several primaries going on today. And so we are now well into election season for one of the most consequential elections of our times. Each one seems to be that. This one certainly is because we've got to take back the House and the Senate. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Yesterday, I talked about misinformation and disinformation. Today, I want to quote from Barton Swaim, who explains how disagreement 
becomes disinformation. In the early part of the 20th century, progressives placed their faith in the perfectibility of man and held that social ills could be corrected by the means of education. People do bad things, according to this view, because they don't know any better and have bad information. Even secular people can see the folly of such a belief since many monstrous acts are perpetuated by highly educated and well-informed criminals and tyrants. As Christians, we know that people do bad things because of their sin nature. The promoters of this view include John Kenneth Galbraith and Daniel Bell. These writers and others wanted experts to run the government and prevent the spread of misinformation. A speech Barack Obama gave to Google employees in 2007 illustrates this view. He began by claiming that American people at their core are a decent people, but they're just misinformed or they're too busy or they're trying to get their kids to school. They're working. They don't have enough information. Therefore, Google and other enlightened influencers need to provide good information and protect people from disinformation. Now, Barton Swaim reminds us that during the Obama years, fact-checking took a firm hold on American journalism, and they weren't just looking for typos but began labeling arguments they disagreed with, with such things as false or mostly false or lacking context, even while conceding that the statements were true. So that's why today you find so many examples of true statements that nevertheless receive the labels misinformation and disinformation. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info inflation. That's viewpoints.info inflation. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. Your son proudly shows you a new scrape on his knee, reporting that he had a bike wreck while riding down a hill. You grab a Band-Aid and shake your head. It's your son's fifth injury of the week. How can you keep him safe when he seems to crave and seek out risk? First, encourage him to focus on one or two skills, like skateboarding or snow skiing. Secondly, enroll him in classes so that he learns how to minimize injuries. Of course, don't forget the helmet, elbow pads, and prayer of protection. And lastly, remember that taking risks is actually crucial for your son's brain development. Try to relax. Oh, and buying band-aids in bulk might be a good idea too. To learn more about raising boys to be godly men, visit Trail Life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Free help in Raising Godly Boys is at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. 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 The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So there are big elections taking place today, uh, primaries in Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Arkansas, and Minnesota. Not too much attention being paid to Minnesota. Um, Arkansas, a friend of mine, is on the ballot. State Senator Jason Rapert is running for lieutenant governor there. And uh, so big doings going on in Arkansas right now. He's, he's in a contested primary. Um, and in, of course, in Alabama, We've got a uh, U.S. Senate fight in Alabama, um, and I think Mo Brooks is leading the pack there, and is, I think is the kind of expected to take the day there. Uh, we will see. Uh, we'll soon know exactly what the outcome is. There are five people in that race. Uh, we've got a, a runoff in Texas between Ken Paxton and George P. Bush. Um, I think the Bushes have outstayed their welcome at this point, but we'll see. Uh, Ken Paxton has a pretty good reputation, and we'll find out. He couldn't get 50% of the vote in the first election, so they're now having a runoff. And we've got other things. I mean, Brand, uh, Brad Rapids, Raffensperger is running. Of course, he's the guy who was in the middle of a lot of the controversy in Georgia over the election, so we'll see, you know, whether he pulls out a, a, a second, uh, gets another term. Um, but the big one is Brian Kemp, Brian Kemp and David Perdue. That's that's really where the battle is. I think most of these other candidates have been pretty much written off, um, and Brian Kemp has held a commanding lead. Of course, President Trump has no use for him. 
former President Trump, has no use for him, and he has endorsed David Perdue. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. So we start taking calls. I'd be curious to know those of you, because obviously we've got listeners in Texas, and we've got listeners in Alabama, we've got listeners in um, Arkansas. So I'd be curious to know exactly what you all are thinking right now. You know, Arkansas, Alabama, Texas, Georgia, got listeners in all of those states. Uh, in fact, I think we get a call or two from time to time from Minnesota. So any of you listening to me right now, you're in the middle of these races sort of watching. I'd love to have your perspective on the ground there, what you think is happening and what you think is likely to happen. If you want to share who you voted for, that's fine, too. Don't have to, but if you want to, feel free and you can tell us why. Uh, so it's important that we vote. I've said that <laughs> repeatedly, and I, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to say it enough. And, and here's in part why. Did you all hear the president explaining the high gas prices? Here's a new explanation. Um, first, it was COVID. Then it was Putin. And then, you know, for a while, it was the American people because they just want too much stuff. Um, and let me see. I think they, they came up with another cute excuse, but never their fault. Well, now here's a brand new explanation. We are in a great transition away from fossil fuels. And we're going to come out of this on the other side much stronger and with much less dependence upon fossil fuels. You know, at last, at least a little bit of truth comes out. Not, not that we're going to do this great transition and somehow we're going to walk away from fossil fuels. That's not going to happen. Folks, listen to me. That's not going to happen. These leftists are living in la-la land. We are going to be using fossil fuels until Jesus comes. And there is plenty of it. You know, we are, we are Americans. Do you realize we are 4.25% of the world population? That's right, folks. 90, of what is that? 95.5, almost 96%, almost 96% of the rest of the world is not American. Yet somehow, somehow, with China having a 1.5 billion and India having over a billion people, and all of these people all over the world in these other places, the, the, the entire continent of Africa, many countries, but one continent. And somehow we, 4.25%, we are responsible. And we are somehow going to save the planet. I mean, it's preposterous. First of all, climate change is a hoax. It is a hoax. Yes, the climate changes because the earth climate has been changing from the time God created it. And it goes through cycles just like everything else. And so this idea that somehow driving our SUVs and using air conditioning and, and heat in the winter is somehow driving us toward a cataclysmic climate catastrophe. Forgive the redundancy there, but you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy. You know, when you hear an airhead like AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez say, and when she got elected the first time, she said we had 12 more years. When you hear an airhead like that say, we've only got 12 more years before the, the end of the planet, you know we've got probably three or 400 and you know that the problem is not climate change. The problem is maybe the carbon monoxide in her skull or carbon dioxide, <laughs> but it's not, it's not the pollution in our air. So this whole notion that we are now in a transition and you and I should be glad. Oh, we should be glad. 
In fact, we should we should be we should rejoice. Maybe maybe the gas will go up to five dollars, six dollars, maybe seven dollars, maybe ten dollars a gallon. It'll be great because we're in a great transition. You know, you just want to respectfully grab Biden by the collars and say, "Would you wake up? Would you get a grip?" Would you start listening to somebody with some basic common sense and stop being the, 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 the puppet of these idiots around you? Now, of course, I think he really does think like them anyway. I think he's morphed into a leftist. I think Joe Biden is, I think that's who he is. I think he's, he's easily manipulated because he already leans that way. Because he says stuff right off the cuff. I don't, I don't think that his, maybe his staff gave him this phrase, a great transition. But I think he came up with that stupid phrase himself to all make it to make us all feel better about the high gas prices and the high fuel prices and the high diesel prices and the high price of food and the high price of clothing and the high price of everything that's being shipped. Everything that's got to be driven on a truck, everything uses fuel to get it from where it is to where we are. And all of that is reflected in the high prices we are now paying for these things. But we can take solace. We're in a great transition. You know, the president can take his great transition, put it into a nice little suitcase, pack it up, (laughs) and go for a walk in the proverbial lake and just keep on swimming. Uh, Because this this stuff is just, this this is sheer idiocy. And it would be funny if it weren't so dangerous and deleterious to our economy and to our way of life. Well, there's that. And then there's this. Do you remember we were told that the voter, uh, by the way, the Heritage ranks Georgia as having the best voter laws in the country. They rank them as number one. Remember, we were told that this was going to stop black people from voting. It was going to disenfranchise them. It was Jim Crow 2.0. They would not be able to vote. Are you ready? Black voter turnout in Georgia is running at three times what it did in 2018. Black voter turnout is not down. It is up. How is that possible under Jim Crow 2.0? Would somebody please explain that one to me? Because I, I guess I'm just a little too dense to get that one. Uh, it's, it's the whole law prevents black people from voting, right? But you got three times more black people voting than you did four years ago. I, someone please explain that to me. I don't, I don't get it. How, how'd that happen under Jim Crow 2.0? Well, look, as far as I'm concerned, Whoever the major league baseball commissioner is, whoever that dumb dumb is, he ought to come on television and make a public apology. Sorry, folks. We were stupid. We didn't know any better. We listened to idiot Stacey Abrams and we listened to some of these other racial demagogues and we hurt the community of Atlanta by moving the all-star game to Denver of all places because we didn't want to be a part of Jim Crow 2.0. But given the voter turnout that we are now seeing, uh, I guess we were wrong. Yeah, and any 10-year-old with common sense could have told him that. But they were too busy bowing and scraping to these bunch of racial demagogues and, and ended up taking $100 million out of that community somewhere else over a law that was a, reported, purported to prevent black people from voting. And you got more voting now than you ever did before. You know what? Maybe black folks are saying, you know, now that the election process has been tightened up, maybe my vote, it really is worth something. It hasn't had the effect of suppressing the vote more are turning out. Now we just got to get them to vote the right way. We'll be back in a moment to take your calls. It's my turn. 
Here is your host for my turn, Don Wildman. Faith. It's spoken of often but little used, and ever so few of those who use the word know the meaning of it in its fullness. What do we mean when we say the word faith? What picture imagery forms in our mind? Or is it to us just a vague word without substance which sounds good to use? What is faith? Faith goes beyond our feeble efforts to define it with words. For faith is, in reality, a complete way of life. Faith has brought to reality the highest and fondest dreams of mankind. Faith has kept many going on against tremendous odds, reaching for that which society called impossible. Faith has kept dreamers dreaming when the dream seemed to be dying. What is faith? Again, I say it passes beyond our ability to define with mere words. But since that is the best medium we humans have, at least we should strive for something definitive on which we can build. Probably the best definition of faith ever given is this one. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. The definition, of course, comes from the book of faith. The shepherd from Nazareth never tried to give a definition of the word, but he was continually seeking to get people to live by it. Indeed, it healed the man lying paralyzed on his bed in Capernaum. It made well the sick daughter of the Canaanite woman who lived in the region of Tyre and Sidon. She was healed because of her mother's faith. And the woman who had suffered from severe bleeding for 12 years, she was healed because of her faith. Faith which led her to touch the hem of his garment. Truly, he wants us to live by faith. Faith is a way of life, not merely a word. Faith is what the Maker calls us to. William Newton Clark said that faith is the daring of the soul to go farther than it can see. And it was Emerson who said that all I have seen teaches me to trust the Creator for all I have not seen. Sure of the things we hope for. Certain of the things we cannot see. The results of faith? Edwin Hubble Chaplin had this to say about them. Skepticism has not founded empires, established principles, or changed the world's heart. The great doers of history have always been men of faith. To try to live without faith, namely faith in a God like the Good Shepherd presented, is to fail to ever find the real substance of life. It would be like trying to be filled while eating at an empty table. I know people with much more wisdom than I have, have given a definition for faith in the centuries gone by. And I'm sure that individuals of much more spiritual insight than I have will go on giving definitions for centuries to come. But I'm glad that it's not my lot in life to try to define it, only to experience it. And that we can all do, regardless of our mental capacity. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Let me put one more story on the table, and then I'll come to your calls. China is criticizing the United States of America for our lack of baby formula because China is one of the biggest baby formula producers in the world. They have really pretty much cornered that market. Once again, we turned over to them something that is essential for the well-being of our people. That's kind of another story. But we'll see whether this Biden administration, which is I'm, which I'm convinced has sold themselves to the communist Chinese through the, uh, the surrogacy of Hunter Biden representing his father flying over an Air Force Two cutting deals. But here's what they don't tell you. China has a major problem with the quality of their baby formula. In fact, it's been reported that 
up to 200 babies raised on formula in the, the Chinese province of Anhui have developed big head disease, a symptom of malnutrition, where the, 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 the limbs of the child shrink in comparison to the head of the child expanding. Yeah, thank you, China, for the suggestion, but no thanks. And there have been some major scandals with Chinese baby formula, uh, making formula that, was, that basically wasn't real in order to just sell it because, of course, mothers don't question the packaging. They don't question what's in it. They just, this is baby formula, great. And what they've been doing is making stuff that was fraudulent and wasn't really designed at all to provide the nutrition that a baby needs. Because these are a bunch of communist folks and they don't have godly values. I mean, they were willing to kill babies and they're willing to tell women you can have only one child and will abort if you get any, if you get pregnant more than once. At one point, the one, one child uh, per family rule that they had, I think they expanded it to two and they realized that they were destroying their population and they weren't basically producing any young people and their population was aging, then they changed it to two. But if you go to three, they kill the third child. And these are the people we want to depend upon to provide us with baby formula? And I know what the left will say, oh, that's racist. No, it's real. It's real. Because it doesn't matter what the color of people's skin is, when they reject God and they reject all standards of truth and righteousness and decency in order to further their own agenda, they become monsters. And they have no sense of compassion for humanity, for the individual. We better stop depending on, on these people for all of these important necessities of life here in our country because one of these days, they're going to they're, they're gonna pull the plug on us on some things, and we're going to be in a very, very dangerous and difficult situation with our enemy staring down at us saying, ah, we got you now. That's exactly where they're trying to put us. And unfortunately, we've got Americans here who are cooperating with them. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's take your calls. Let's go to Mark in Arkansas. Mark, welcome. Yes, Mark. Good, good, talk to you. good to talk to you too, Mark. Yes, sir. yes, I wanted to let you know about the uh, important race in Arkansas going on today. We have primaries today, and we have yes. the governor race. Is my real concern. Uh, it's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Doc Washburn is a challenger. Many people don't know and, and know what's really going on here uh, with this race. Uh, it's a real spiritual battle. Walmart has been using their money to control our politicians for several years to give them campaign money, and then they direct them when legislation comes up about particularly homosexual, transgender issues. Mm -hmm. And that has played out with Asa Hutchinson and uh, in a large way, and even with mass mandates. I know Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson is the Republican governor of Arkansas, and he has been squishy at best on this issue. Now you see him run for president. But the concern we have here, many Christians in Arkansas, is that uh, Sarah has sided with Walmart. She's taken all their money. She's promoting them, praising them every opportunity she has. And she never criticized Asa and all the things he did. She said he did a good job. That has spoken volumes to us here in Arkansas. Yeah. And a good conservative Christian man has, has gotten in the race, Doc Washburn. He would be a great governor. And I just want to encourage Christians to go to the poll today and vote for him. We have a real opportunity to elect a man who will stand for righteousness. Well, Mark, thank you so much for the call, and thank you for your perspective on the Arkansas race. I have to tell you that I've heard similar things from Christians. I've heard some misgivings. Um, even though I know the president has endorsed um, uh, Sarah, uh, but I, I have heard that you know, she's she's been kind of getting in with the establishment and, and kind of playing the game. So we'll we'll see how all of this works out. I mean, my view, folks, is most of the time, probably 99 percent of the time, 
the country is always better off with Republicans who at least have a conservative worldview. But then the question is, which Republican? Which Republican? And, and we always want people whose convictions are rock solid. So, Mark, we appreciate you sharing that perspective. And there may be somebody who will call up and defend Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's what this is all about, freedom of speech. You get to weigh in with your perspective. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Miller in Louisiana. Hey, Miller. how are you? Uh, I'm blessed, sir. Listen to your, I was listening to your comment that you made about um, AOC and uh, about how much longer this nation, how much is going to be left left on our right on the table. But um, as I've been studying the word for the last 46 years, you know, and I'm, I've, I've looked and, and historically and biblically, and this nation is one of two that was established either by the hand of God, that would be Israel, and his divine providence, that would be mm-hmm. us. And from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War, after we fled, Lincoln freed the slaves, and then on to the missionary movement, uh, late 1800s, and this, you know, the church age that we all grew up in. This nation started turning away from God big time in 1962 when the Supreme Court said it was a violation of the Constitution to have school prayer. And then nine years later came Roe v. Wade, said if you get that girl pregnant, you kill that baby. And now we've had 60 million abortions. And then and 10 years after that, in 82, came the homosexual movement. And this nation, you know, the biblical nation that we had, you know, churches and all like that, we still have some solid, solid churches. But... Generally speaking, we have turned so far away from the Lord. And look at who's running this government and all of the, the mindset and want to, these schools wanting to teach children uh, about transgender and all that stuff from kindergarten yeah. through the third grade. I mean, it's just, it's just not going to turn back. To the Lord, and if you don't believe me, you don't. And I'm not saying it. I'm saying what Revela- First uh, First Thessalonians four talks about, and and Revelation in chapter twenty, and it talks about all the end okay. times there. And it, it's the rapture ain't gonna be another ten or fifteen years. It's getting fuzzy, kind of. <laughs> all right, Miller. Miller, thank you. Thank you for the call. We we got the point. Um, and here's the only place I would differ with you, Miller. I would say that you're right. The, the movement of history is, is already be predetermined by Almighty God. That's not going to change. But I would say this, that the Bible does not mention, in my view, now some people may disagree with me, but the Bible does not mention America as a particular country that is doomed to judgment. And Jesus said he will separate the sheep from the goats and uh, that the, the, the language that is used there suggests sheep nations and goat nations. And my view is that America could be a sheep nation. We could be a Christian nation. And I, here's the scripture that comes to mind for me, Miller. It's in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 9. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. But God has left to us a remnant. And that is what keeps America from becoming Sodom and Gomorrah. Because you and I are still here to speak the truth into the midst of these lies and falsehood and darkness. Stand by, folks. Back in a moment to take more of your calls. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. 
Jesus said, blessed are the persecuted, and they are suffering big time right now. This is Bible League International, and 19-year-old Aria was beaten by her own father and violated by local authorities. You know what her crime was? Simply that she gave her life to Jesus Christ after leaving radical Islam. Now, she didn't grow bitter. She grew bold, and with others in her evangelical church near Cairo, Egypt, they've seen more than 300 come to Christ, but as new believers are pressured to renounce Jesus, they need Bibles in order to endure and persevere. And elsewhere in the Middle East, Pastor Yusuf and a deacon in his church were kidnapped in broad daylight. Now, his family was unable to pay the ransom, so the Islamic radicals, they beat Yusuf and killed the deacon. But you know, in spite of this mistreatment and the loss of his friend, Pastor Yusuf says it is an honor to suffer for Jesus. And that's why we're sending God's Word at $5 a Bible, $100 sends 20 Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. God bless you for caring. What would it have looked like if I had found out I was pregnant, totally terrified, and I had thought, you know what, I could go to the church and ask for prayer and wisdom and guidance and support. I don't know what to do. Dr. Amy Ford on Focus on the Family Minute. But it actually was the last place I wanted to go to. And so we started an organization called Embrace Grace because we want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to instead of the last because of shame and guilt. And we believe that the church can be the hope of the world in this situation, that we can be the hands and feet. We say pro-life is a stance, but pro-love is an action. And it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's His goodness that draws us to His side. More from Amy about showing God's grace to others at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. 888-589-8840 is the number. Uh, Folks, Psalm 917 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. And then it goes on to the 19th verse to say, Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Now, I would say this. America can't forget God because we won't let us. We won't let our nation forget God. AFR won't let America forget God. You won't let America forget God. See, that's why we, they want us out of the way, because that's what they want. They want a nation that's completely forgotten God, that God doesn't exist. God's not in, in the picture. But here we are, heralding from the rooftops. There is a God, and he is the ruler of of the universe. He is the great creator of all that there is. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, that we might have a right to the tree of life, a right to be with him in love forever. See, we're just not going to let them forget. So America's never going to fall into the category, as far as I'm concerned, not while you're breathing and I'm breathing, is never going to fall into the category of a nation that, for, that forgets God because we won't let them forget God. Let me not go any further with that. Let me, I wanted to remind you, I shouldn't, shouldn't have waited this long to remind you or to tell you. Uh, at our dinner last Tuesday, um, one of our, our supporters and donors made this pledge that every dollar, every contribution of $500 or more to the work of Stan would be matched by him. Every contribution of $500 or more to the work of Stan would be matched by him up to a week after the dinner. And this is the last day. So if you're listening to me out there and you say, oh, you know, I wanted to support this organization. I've never gotten around to it. Folks, this is a day when your contribution can be doubled. It can be doubled. Every contribution of $500 or more will be matched by this very generous donor. Okay, 888-589-884. Oh, and you go to standamerica.us to make a contribution. Standamerica.us to make that contribution. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come back to your calls. Uh, Thomas in Mississippi. Thomas, welcome. How you doing? I am doing doing great, Thomas. How you doing? Um, Well, I could be doing better if we had a different president. 
I'm a, <laughs> Couldn't we all? I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat, but I'm not going to be very long. Uh, yeah. This man has made us feel dirty for being Democrats. And I don't know why Congress won't have an emergency meeting and take him out of power. He is taking our country down to the ground. And he's talking about all these electric vehicles. The electric grids are run by fossil fuel. How are we going to plug them up to charge them? <laughs> you know, he's an idiot. And and it says in the Bible that uh, it's going to come a time when God's going to let Satan reign. I believe he's reigning in the White House. Well, Thomas, thank you for the call. Look, the word says, when the wicked rule, the people mourn. That's all. That's enough said, right? When the wicked rule, the people mourn. And you're right. Because the, notice it says, when the righteous are in authority, it says the people rejoice. But notice the difference. The righteous are in authority. In other words, they have legitimate authority given to them, delegated to them by Almighty God, which they use judiciously, but the wicked rule. They want to control everybody. And you're right. You're right, Thomas. He is running this country right into the ground. And we've got an opportunity in November to put the brakes on. And we're going to do just that. Let's go to Jeremy, also in Mississippi. Jeremy, welcome. Hi. Um, I've been listening to your show for the last uh, few years you've been on. Uh, first-time caller. Uh, oh, great. Uh, Thank it you. It kind of goes along with uh, the same thing the previous uh, caller was talking about, how we need to get rid of Joe Biden. But mine is about Kamala Harris, because every time I see her stunning intelligence on display, <sighs> I think I figured out why she was chosen to be the vice president, because they wanted someone the least qualified. So everyone would say, we can't get Joe Biden out of office, because then we'd be left with Kamala Harris. So I think they got Kamala Harris to be his shield. Uh, so that way, no one would ever want to say those words, President Kamala Harris. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, uh, look, what, what can I say? I have never seen a woman uh, in public life who is more of an empty head, the woman can't string two sentences together. She just, she's a complete idiot. And you have to wonder, how in the world was she a successful attorney general of California? How did she even get there? I'll go no further, but I think we know. In fact, ask Willie Brown. And I'll say no more. Thank you for the call, my friend. 888-589-8840. Okay, let's go to Doyle in Indiana. Doyle, welcome. Hey, nice to meet you, Bishop. Great to hear to talk to you. Thank you, sir. I'll try to be quick. Well, there's a couple things. Uh, I was gonna. I called in about the election, but first off, we need to all pray for a miracle at Davos that they of those people that get their heads fixed or for the place things or something. <laughs> or their hearts fixed. I'm sure you know where I'm coming from on all that because you've been studying this enough to know what who, who's really running the show. And it's got nothing to do with Biden or any of those guys. There's people above them yet. But And then yeah. the other thing is election. I'm really disturbed that, you know, we've got all the evidence on what happened on that election uh, with the not, you know, you got the 2000 Mule movies out there, but... You really, uh, our hero is Mike Lindell. He's got all the information, the packet captures that put me and you in jail. And nobody looks at that. It's crazy. And that's a bigger yeah. fraud than the mailman ballot. So how are we going to fix anything if all a person has to do is get on her computer and drop and drag the votes from China and sink us? Well, Doyle, we, we listen, I, I appreciate the call, Doyle, and thank you for listening. I'm, I'm glad you finally got through, got, uh, got a chance to make the call. Uh, I, Doyle, it, it, listen, whatever they come up with, we are going to counter. It's just that plain and simple. We've got to. We don't have any choice. Then they can't outsmart us, and I don't believe evil ever overpowers good. I mean, you may seem to be down for a little bit, but I really believe that truth is for far more powerful than falsehood and lies. 
And I believe that good and decency and honor are far more powerful than wickedness and fraud and deceit and, and cheating and conniving. Uh, and I think this, it's the latter that the American people want. They want honor. They want integrity. They want decency. Uh, but, but here again, you, you brought this up. You see what they, how they play. Did you all notice that as soon as Elon Musk said, I, I voted Democrat, but I'm not voting Democrat anymore. Suddenly, suddenly, accusations of sexual assault. Yeah, they, they, these people do not play by the rules. They, they represent Satan, and they will do whatever they need to do to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But they can't, but the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Let's go to Aaron in Arkansas. Aaron, welcome. Hey, Bishop Jackson, love your show. Thank um, you. I was just wanting to call in response to the uh, gentleman to put a plug in for Doc Washburn. Um, uh, when Doc Washburn first, you know, said he was going to run, I I looked at him. I thought he was pretty interesting, and uh, he seemed like a really good guy. But I did find a uh, one of his commercials on YouTube. Uh, against Sarah Huckabee, and basically he kind of just put a real stretch to it. He compared her complicity uh, in Arkansas's uh, fight to, you know, combat the vaccination mandates uh, back when Mm -hmm. they were being pushed. He compared her complicity to that, to the complicity of people that knew knew about the Holocaust, yet did nothing about it. I found that a little bit of a stretch. That's a, uh, that's a stretch. That's a stretch. That's, that's, uh, Sanders, she wasn't a politician, isn't a politician at this time, or wasn't then, but, but she did support legislators that were fighting for that. One of them was Jason Rapert, and I spoke with him at Home Depot, and I was I was one of these people that was going to lose my job if I didn't get vaccinated, and uh, me and my coworker here. And so I talked to him, and he assured us at that time, he said, he said Sarah Huckabee is supporting legislation, that is going to put a stop to that. And sure enough, probably a month to a month and a half later, uh, Senate Bill 1547 came up. And even though Hutchinson wouldn't sign it, um, he did okay it. He didn't veto it. And it became uh, Senate Bill 977. Mm-hmm. It protected us from losing our jobs. So I okay. saw that and I was just like, man, that just seems like a smear campaign. And I couldn't support somebody that does that. So, hey, Aaron, so Aaron, I'd thank you. I'm I'm a little short on time, Aaron, but but listen, I'm I'm glad you called because you you just gave us a, another perspective. I'm not in Arkansas, I don't know these candidates well, but you just gave us another perspective on it, and I appreciate that. Uh, let's try to get a couple more in here before I have to go. Let's go to you've been waiting patiently, um, Juli, Julian in Georgia. Yeah. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, chapter 11, the first, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the hearts of the men is fully set in them to do evil. We got a man sitting on death row, killed a little girl uh, 46 years ago. She was eight years old and molested a little, her 10-year-old friend, still on death row, but they uh, they put a stay on that. And I also want to ask you about what happened over there in uh, Buffalo. Uh, you know, there's like five abortion clinics up there in Buffalo. And, uh, All right, Julian, that Julian, I've got to go. That's that's going to do it. Sorry, folks. I wish wish I could get to all of you, but uh, call me back tomorrow. OK, <laughs> try to do try to get to as many of you as I can. Um, hate to leave you hanging, but I've got to go. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what Julian was getting at uh, there. But look, let's keep our eyes on the ball, shall we? And, and, and that means keeping our eyes on Jesus and, and doing what we need to do here to occupy until he comes. And that, that means never abdicating. Stand up, step up, speak up, and refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.